0: On your mark, get set,
1: go! You are listening to Ken LaVica Live.
2: Presented by FAU MBA and Sport Management Programs. <laughs> Turn it up! Turn it
1: up! From the Anajar and the Bean Studios in downtown West Palm Beach, it's Ken LaVica Live on ESPN 106.3. <laughs>
0: We are now 4 days away from the super wait can't say that the big game the big game the biggest game the the championship game whatever we're allowed to call it it's it's time to start talking about what we look forward to most not the super nope that that game <laughs> that game for the championship Wednesday it's Ken Levick Alive on ESPN 106.3. And because it's Wednesday, that means that Jeanette Javier is hanging out until 2 o'clock in the end of John Levine Accident Attorney Studios, downtown West Palm Beach, Phillips Point Towers, right off of the Intracoastal Stone, Labanowitz Friday Night Lights running things uh, until 2 o'clock. And here we are, Jeanette. You, I still cannot believe that, like, three weeks ago, you thought that you might be attending the Super Bowl. Not only that... Not only yes. that money bags McGee you thought that you might be seeing Tom Brady in the yes. Super Bowl and thank God at the 11th hour you took Stone and my advice and decided to go to the divisional round yes. game against the now NFC champions cuz I can't even imagine what how insufferable you'd be if you missed out on Brady cuz you were holding out for a $50,000 ticket in LA. Uh, first of all it's
2: 8,000 Ticket in L.A. for the nosebleeds. Oh,
0: for the nose. Oh, sorry, excuse me. That was exactly. more your budget. Okay, exactly. I understand.
2: And I probably would have been crying. Yeah, I'm upset if I didn't see you any been- opportunity. There's no Tom Brady. There's no Buccaneers. And for the first time, I listened to you, <laughs> and it paid off. See? I saw Tom Brady in his <laughs> last game. Let
0: that be a lesson. Let that be a lesson to all of you. Just listen to me, okay? Uh, now, forget the fact that Brady's already saying things like, "Oh, you can never say never when it comes to retirement." I firmly believe he's going to stay retired. But whatever, you did your part. You are a happy Brady person, and mm-hmm. life goes on. But now. Mm-hmm. It's Super Bowl time, and it's the big game. The the no, well, yeah, the big game, the championship, the 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 football trophy game. Yeah, yes, whatever we're one. allowed that to call one. it. Mm-mm, sorry, 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 I can't say Super Championship game of football is coming up. Okay, uh, and uh, I always get excited because now we're just like four days away, and I'm weird because for me, rarely. Rarely do I have a rooting interest in this game. Being uh, raised a Bears fan and now a Dolphins supporter, I don't have any rooting interest in this game really ever.
2: I don't. In my either. life,
0: it's happened once really in my lifetime where I had full human consciousness of what was actually happening. So,
2: uh,
0: for me, it's about the 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 surrounding uh, aspects mm-hmm. of the Super Bowl. It's about what it, it's at the, at the periphery. Uh, it is the halftime acts, yes. it's the national anthem singers, mm-hmm. but it's also how the game looks. Like I truly love just how the Super Bowl looks on TV. It's a big deal in the different end zones. The aesthetics. The aesthetics of the whole thing exactly. Is that weird? First of all, is that super weird that I care about the aesthetics of the Super Bowl?
2: Yes, especially you. You're Uh, a man with a (laughs) two-hour sports show on ESPN West Palm in a top 40 market. Yeah, football. Not so much. Give me that. Is it pretty? Is it pretty? Are their jerseys looking nice? It's the, the, the Super Bowl pretty.
0: It's the Super Bowl pretty. 888 760 No, but it's like something off of Bravo. Like, I do feel like this is a Bravo discussion. Yes. Like, if she was still alive, Joan Rivers would be co-hosting with me. And we would walk in a red carpet and talking about Super Bowl outfits. But.
2: Oh, the big game. The, the big bi- game. Ah! All
0: right. Fine. If I slip, I- I'm just I'm just gonna go with it. If I get fined over and over again, I don't even care. What
2: if we call it the Superb Owl? <laughs> super- uh, you as the voice of the <laughs> FAU Owl.
0: Or yeah, that's true. Or we could go Superb Dish Bowl Dish Super Superb Superb Dish. Okay. Yeah, it's fine. I don't care. Whatever. Uh, super Bowl. Find me. I don't care. What whatever CBS or whatever is broadcast NBC. Just find me. I don't care. But uh, we have a helmet matchup in this game Mm -hmm. that is unmatched, I think, compared to any other Super Bowl that's ever been played. You have two teams whose helmets are representative of an animal, the animal that is in their name. It's not like every other NFL helmet where, you know, it's the helmet and then on the side is the logo. Mm -hmm. You have the Rams, the twisty little horns on both sides. You have the Bengals. The orange helmet with the black stripes mm-hmm. down each side. This is, I think, without equal, the greatest helmet Super Bowl matchup in the history of this game. I am pumped for that. Like that alone, that make forget Burrow and Stafford for a second, and that's gonna be fun. Mm-hmm. Uh forget Jamar Chase and Jalen Ramsey for a second. That's gonna be fun. Aesthetically, Jeanette, this is gonna look beautiful in LA.
2: Two things. Yeah. One, I actually agree with you. The yeah. fact that they both have animals represented on their helmets. Gorgeous. Pure, like purely indicative of the teams that they are. Yeah. And the great color scheme. Beautiful. Yeah. Number two. You've said a lot of dorky, nerdy things on this show. <laughs> this Me listening, this is definitely one uh, of the dorkiest/slash nerdiest takes I've probably yeah. ever heard you have.
0: I mean, I'm not overly proud of it, okay? But it's been on my Stop. mind for. Stop! You quite are some very time. proud
2: of it. Isn't you are animated while you're uh, discussing it. Everybody, he's flinging his arms like a Latina speaking, or you know, like what I typically do. He's very animated. Don't let him fool it's you. It's just
0: been on my mind for quite some time that this is going to look awesome. And this is one of the things I'm looking forward to most about this Super Bowl is just how cool the helmets are going to look against one another. What are you looking forward to most with this Super Bowl? This Super Bowl, what are you looking forward to most? Tweet at us at KLV1063 on Twitter. What are you looking forward to most with this Super Bowl? And we can talk about it now. Superb Owl, whatever you said. Uh, because we're four <laughs> days away from the Super Bowl. Like, we're here. We, we're on the doorstep. Now, I think that there's a missed opportunity here, though, okay. because a, a game is always better, and I think this goes for the Rose Bowl as well. I always feel like the Rose Bowl is striking visually on television as well. Um, you need two teams that have contrasting colors. Like, mm-hmm. last year was a little bit meh from an aesthetic standpoint, because the Bucks and the Chiefs Both use red as a primary base color. Same thing with the year before. Here in South Florida, where you had the Chiefs and you had the 49ers. Base color, red. But this orange and blue are the base colors for Mm -hmm. these teams. It's weird. It's different. It's going to pop. But here's the problem, Jeanette. Now, hear me out. The Rams are wearing white. They're the road team, technically. At their home stadium. Because it alternates (laughs) NFC, AFC, NFC, AFC. So, uh, last year, Tampa got to be the home team in Mm -hmm. the NFC stadium. It's another NFC stadium, yet the NFC team has to be the road team this time around. So, the Rams, instead of wearing blue, though, they've decided to go white. Because they're the road team. When I'm sure they could have just told the NFL, hey, we're going blue. And the Bengals have their orange alternate uniforms. But instead, they're wearing their black uniforms. Why? Why can't anybody see what I'm seeing? Contrasting, popping colors are the way to go in sports. Wear orange, wear blue, everyone's happy.
2: I think you would be the happiest. It would be amazing. Are, are you, you see, I'm more pumped about the halftime show more than anything. You're saying a. a so, I, so
0: for me, yeah, the colors. For me, colors. Colors. I'm a child. Pretty. The, co- pretty. the pretty colors is what I'm looking forward to most, but it's not quite there yet because... It, it could be more contrasting. So, yes, I'm weird. Now, the halftime show for you is what you're looking... What uh, For me, the halftime show is always, like, 15 minutes of, okay, fine. Half the time, they're lip-syncing. Wrong. Everybody on social media always, like, they suck. They suck. That was terrible. <laughs> like, they don't want to appreciate it at all. Why are you looking forward to this halftime show? Snoop Dogg.
2: Okay. Dr. Dre. Okay. Mary J. Blige. Okay. Kendrick Lamar. All right. And Eminem, just in case you want to top it all off. So... Yes. There's five reasons for you right there.
0: But it's all so packed in to such a short amount of time. So can you
2: imagine what they're going to do in 15 minutes? So what are you expecting? It's going to be pure energy. I already started stretching for all the dancing that I'm going to do during the halftime show. as probably half this world.
0: I I think that (laughs) is stretching. I think what drives me the most crazy, though, is that everybody wants to be a critic. And so, as soon as a halftime show starts, like it happened with the weekend last year, it happened with. Oh,
2: that wasn't a good halftime show. JLo and show. Shakira. First of all, props for doing the Shakira. Yeah, you yeah, waited because I'm blah, Cuban, blah, blah. right? Yeah, you're so Cuban. Uh-huh, yeah. Um, but the JLo and Shakira one was a great. That half- was awesome. T- I it was agree. Great. It was great. You Even though JLo
0: can't sing and she lip synced the entire thing, like, but she
2: still did her thing. Yeah,
0: yeah, no, she's 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 just the most gorgeous 55 year old or whatever she is.
2: Praise be. <laughs> the, <Amen. laughs> the the weekend Super Bowl, you can't compare. You didn't like that? The, no, the, it was weird. That one was weird. It was a little off. What were you doing? I just saw a bunch of lights and people running around.
0: I mean, it turned into great, great uh, gifs and, and memes. Like, that was good. So
2: do you judge the Super Bowl halftime performance by get that point. It's got to get to that point. How like, ridiculous! How culturally is. relevant can
0: you become based on GIFs after uh, you perform in the Super Bowl? I thought it was GIFs,
2: Bowl? by the way. I
0: think it's GIFs.
2: I, th- I thought it was
0: GIFs. Uh, we are going to have this conversation, aren't we? GIFs is a
2: peanut G- butter brand.
0: I understand, but I also think it's how you pronounce the G version of GIFs.
2: How is the peanut butter spran- brand uh, spelled? J-I-F. Exactly. Yeah. Right. But is how
0: is your first name spelled? G-I-N-E-T-T-E. Jeanette. Not gunette. Oh, See? I dang win. it. Dang it. See, see how Mike Carners you don't don't fight me on this, Jeanette. It's literally your name that is the counterpoint to your argument oh. about chips. Oh, I can't believe that just happened. That was glorious. And I feel <laughs> I feel full now. Uh but so in 15 minutes, you think that all of those names in the halftime show are gonna do something that fulfills you to a point where you're like, man. That made this entire day worth
2: it. Will it fulfill me? No. But will it leave me wanting more? Absolutely. Give me more. I have no idea how they're going to fit all of those five megastars into a 15-minute bit. But do I think it's going to be some of the best 15 minutes of my life? (laughs) Absolutely.
0: (laughs) Wow. That is some unbelievable hyperbole. What are you looking forward to most with this Super Bowl? Just fine. We can break down, and we will for the next three days. I guess. The 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 matchups to, to watch, and the quarterback showdown, and uh, Zach Taylor versus Sean McVay. But it's all of the surrounding with the Super Bowl that I find fascinating. It's the pregame shows. It the is colors. the colors again. Like that means something when you're watching a massive sporting event, and I have this with every championship round. It just looks different. It feels different. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, I don't know if you're actually truly a full-fledged sports fan because there's a gravity that comes with seeing, like, all the fields are in pristine condition. Mm -hmm. Everything is painted beautifully, whether you're talking about the World Series or the NBA Finals uh, with the Larry O'Brien trophy Mm -hmm. on the floor Mm -hmm. or... The Super Bowl with the different colored end zones. I just feel like you need to take advantage of that opportunity from an aesthetic, though, and that's why I love the Rose Bowl. Because say when like Oregon is in it with the green and yellow, right? And Oregon is playing, I don't know, uh, Ohio State, just for the sake of the Big Ten team that always goes to the Rose Bowl, and they have red, ra- they have crimson and and silver, like that pops. Because it's so different, and it's cool, and that's what I wish they would go with here. The helmets are awesome. They're beautiful, but make the complete contrast with the uniforms and with the end zones. That's the Super Bowl.
2: Well, if we were going to get into the details of, of the aesthetics, the black jerseys make those helmets pop, though. I know. They really bring out the orange in the, and the orange
0: helmets. Orange jerseys pop, like, fully. Like, that's the thing. I just, let, let's focus on the helmets for a second. You're right, that, and and like we've been discussing, we're in agreement. The helmets are awesome. Yes, both helmets are awesome. I'm trying to see any other Super Bowl matchup that would even rivalry. You know what was a beautiful random color aesthetic was when the Rams played the Titans because mm-hmm. one end zone was was uh, yellow and blue, and the other end zone was baby blue. And uh, and dark blue, the Titans colors. That was cool. Random. And what was one of the more random Super Bowls of all time? I loved that one. But the helmets don't even compare. I, I don't think that there is an equal. I truly don't. I think that the Rams and the Bengals, this is the greatest helmet Super Bowl of all time. I don't think it's a question.
2: It's the clash of the animals. It is. It's the
0: clash of the animals. Absolutely. And you could argue that it's one that makes sense. Like if the dolphins were in the game, the dolphins and a ram would never be in the same place. But a Bengal tiger and a ram, they could coexist in the same area.
2: You know, I'm going to ask my mommy because that's how she picks her winners. Uh Animals, mascots versus mascots. Really?
0: She's one of of those.
2: And she typically does way better than me (laughs) because she's just like, oh, this animal. So who would you, who would win? A ram or a Bengal?
0: A bangle. I mean, I, rams, I'm pretty sure, are plant eaters. I think they're... Um, but the horns, yeah. they could do some damage. Yeah, but I think bangle tigers have sharp teeth and muscle Clos. Yeah, I think that. <laughs> I think there would be death that I'm would t- be wrought upon the ram.
2: <laughs> I'm trying to give the ram a benefit yeah, of trying the doubt. Yeah, gi- I know you're trying to
0: give them a benefit of the doubt, but I don't think it's going to happen. Now, you could argue that the Broncos and the Panthers, they could be in the same place at one time. A horse and a panther. Advantage, obviously, panther, because, again, horses aren't um, carnivores, right?
2: Yeah, uh, No, because what if there's more than one horse? Horses are rarely by themselves. They're
0: kicking a panther to death. They just stomp a panther to death. (laughs) I'm just, if you're talking animal matchups, this one makes a whole lot of sense, though. We're talking about two land animals, two mammals. That, in and of itself, makes this even better as a Super Bowl. These are the stupid things I think about on a regular basis. It's not just X's and O's, people. It's can this actually happen in real life? <laughs> can,
2: can, can we this- see a
0: ram versus a right. bangle? Can these things happen? And colors. I like colors. And I can't wait to see how they pop against one another in the Super Bowl. Me? I can't wait to see the colors, even though... They, they they haven't fully gone all the way. I love the helmet matchup. I love the, the blue and yellow Rams against the black and orange Bengals. Uh, Jeanette, a little more normal, a little more sane. She's looking forward to the halftime show. What are you looking forward to most now that we're four days out from the superb dish, the superb owl, <laughs> not the Super Bowl, but the big game? Tweeted us at KLV1063. That's at KLV1063. What are you looking forward to most uh, with the big game ken levick live presented by the fau MBA sport management program fau.edu slash mba sport and it's always big time with the fau MBA sport management program 22 years of doing it dr jim reardon the man in charge this is your path to the sports industry you want in you want to get a foot in the door you want an opportunity well this is how you do it the fau MBA sport management program check them out online fau.edu Slash MBA Sport, Whether it's the pros, whether it's big-time athletics, a variety of jobs, many jobs. A cornucopia, in fact, in the sports industry. It's not just one path. There's many. This helps guide the way. The FAU MBA Sport Management Program. FAU.edu slash MBA Sport. What are you looking forward to most with this Super Bowl in particular? Me? Yeah, the matchups are fine. The colors? Even better. She's Jeanette Javier. I'm Ken Levick. I'm live on ESPN 106.3. We may not have any baseball, but don't worry. Jeanette Javier is watching baseball. Sports movies and reviewing them for you. I'm not sure how that makes up for uh, the baseball labor stoppage, but I'm doing the best I can. Okay, Ken Levick alive here on ESPN 106.3, and we are presented by
1: the FAU MBA Sport Management Program. Visit fau.edu slash MBA Sport.
0: All right, so Jeanette Javier here every single Wednesday. She, uh, she before... Uh, really? I don't know. A month ago, didn't really watch any sports movies nope. whatsoever. What were your your movies of choice prior to you taking on this assignment? Uh, the Jeanette sports movie spectacular. Oh, what sort of movies did you watch on a regular basis?
2: The Longest Yard, the Adam Sandler version. Okay, I loved that
0: one. You loved that one. Air Bud. <laughs> Air Bud is that even a sports movie? I know it features basketball, no. but it's a dog playing what? basketball.
2: What? What is? What is that? It's a dog <laughs> playing a sport. I don't
0: know. Is Air Bud a sports movie? Eight 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 seven six zero three seven seven six. Is Air Bud a sports movie? But what about? What about just in your your downtime? Forget sports movies. What is the genre you are most drawn to from a cinematic perspective?
2: Probably action. Oh really? I love Terminator is my favorite movie. Terminator two.
0: Okay. Okay, so, wow. All right, so action. I thought rom-coms for sure. But
2: no. Action, Do I look like a rom-com kind of person? I don't
0: know. I, you're a woman.
2: No. Not all women like <laughs> romantic comedies. I'm count. just
0: saying, you're, you're a woman. I'm sorry. I just, that's very coming sexist the, of me. Yeah,
2: coming from the man who's like, I like the colors and the big game. Well,
0: what's funny is that most of the sports movies that exist are actually sort of, Rom coms, in a way. They certainly have romance in almost all of them, and the movie that Jeanette reviewed for this week is certainly no exception. Let us begin Jeanette Javier's sports movie Spectacular. And this week, we go back all the way to the year 1988. Kevin Costner, Susan Sarandon, Tim Robbins, the baseball hit Bull. Durham and as always because she's a proud Dominican Jeanette will be rating this movie between one in five plantains one being the most five being the hey that was good yes let's begin
2: so first thing I noticed Kevin Costner from Dances with Wolves and Susan (laughs) Sarandon from the Rocky Horror Picture Show I was like great start both phenomenal movies I recognize these characters so
0: so Susan Sarandon from Rocky Horror Picture Show. And by the way, there is no chance in hell that Stone Labanowitz, Friday Night Lights, has seen Rocky Horror Picture Show. None. None. Put it on
2: the list. Put it on the list. Have
0: you ever heard of Rocky Horror Picture Show? No. Nope. Uh, That was intuition. That was correct on my part. Not a shock. So, Susan Sarandon, though, I'll give you that. I'll give you that. Oh, I recognize. I recognize her from Rocky Horror Picture Show. That was one of her breakout roles. Mm -hmm. God, is she gorgeous in that movie? She's always gorgeous. Stunning. Always. Oh God! All right, but then you referencing Dances with Wolves for Kevin Costner.
2: Didn't he win an Oscar for that movie?
0: I'm sure he did. But I, who, who recognizes Kevin Costner for Dances with Wolves when you have Field of Dreams out there?
2: I haven't seen Field of Dreams since I was like twelve. What about
0: Waterworld? Never,
2: I, I never heard of it.
0: He drinks his own pee in Waterworld, by the way.
2: Yeah, that sounds like a movie I definitely <laughs> want to watch.
0: All right, so anyways, you watch Bull Durham, and uh, let's let's get to your your thoughts on this beloved film.
2: So Annie, who's. Susan Sarandon. She what, gets around. What a character. Uh-huh, yeah. That opening monologue of hers. I was snapping my fingers. I was like, yes, girl. Yeah, the only church that truly feeds the soul day in and day out is the church of football. And also it kind of made me sad because it's crazy how baseball has gone down in popularity because mm-hmm. I feel like not a lot of people say that. It's days. a
0: romantic, did you say football? By the way, I said
2: I'm a baseball.
0: Okay, do you have football on the mind? Because you said football. Oh, the church of baseball is what you. Sorry,
2: yes, you butchered
0: you butchered (laughs) one of your most beloved lines from the movie, and you wrote it down. You literally (laughs) read it incorrectly. (laughs) You have baseball on the page, and you said football. Uh, But yes. It, it, Bull Durham, Field of Dreams, all of these games that Kevin Co- or, or movies that Kevin Costner is in.
2: Dances with
0: I mean, <laughs> Dances with Wolves. Very famous baseball scene in that. Uh, but it, you're right. Baseball is a romantic game. This sort of captures the essence of it.
2: Yes. Um, and going back to Annie, uh-huh. she gives this whole spiel how women do not get lured by men. Mm-mm. That because she's
0: strong and independent, correct?
2: And she does what she wants. Yeah. Even so, she's so strong. That she brought two guys into her place, Kevin Costner and Nuke, the other Tim Robbins,
0: the, the, the pitcher,
2: the dummy pitcher. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it was like he yeah, has senses in his head or something like that. Yeah. That was what was said about him. Yeah, but he's and the hotshot like, prospect. She literally was like, "Okay, y'all two negotiate. Who am I sleeping with for the whole season?" See how
0: badass is that?
2: That is just. Yeah. I'm not gonna like goals. If you're a, if you're that type of girl, that's how you do it. That's how you run your game. See, th- I was so impressed by that.
0: I'm not judging. I mean, if Susan Sarandon is like, hey, you two negotiate who's going to have me for the rest of the year, I'm in on that as well. But you've got Tim Robbins, the hot shot Uh, prospect, who's surely going to the majors at some point, the young guy. And then you have Kevin Costner, the old grizzled, looking for his chance, his last shot to go to the league. But he knows things. He's wise to the world, right?
2: Yeah, but he has a couple moments where... He's got rough
0: it. edges, though, right?
2: It's kind of sexy. Yeah. I'll take the older man yeah. with a couple of rough edges Kevin as well.
0: Uh, you know, I'm, Annie I'm,
2: had great decisions to make. Since you,
0: <laughs> she did, it's not like she's losing anything. No. Bit. Now, we can, we can agree both, though, that Kevin Costner in real life... Forget in a movie, Kevin Costner in real life is a much better catch than Tim Robbins, right?
2: Yes, absolutely. Like at first
0: glance, you're like, yeah, Kevin Costner, that's the guy. He's the winner. Yeah, yeah, That's why there, there's an, an element of, of unrealistic to that because mm-hmm. everybody's taking Kevin Costner over Tim Robbins. All right, next.
2: So there were a bunch of, like, funny one-liners, and that's where I saw the comedy. My favorite one-liner was from this scene right over here.
1: You again, the ball around the end You again, you way down the first. You again you're in and out of the dugout. You know what that
2: makes you? Lollygaggers. Lollygaggers. <laughs> and when the scene was they were playing really bad for mm-hmm. a couple games, and they were essentially tanking. Um, and then that's when their coach came in and called them all a bunch of lollygaggers. Yep. I thought that was hilarious. When was the last time you heard the word "lollygag"? It's
0: been a while. In 1988, I think it was probably used pretty liberally.
2: And, and I'm assuming it was because of Bull Dern. By the way, I've wanted to call this movie Bull, uh, Bull Dern the whole time just because of the way it's spelled. It's spelled... With
0: ham, uh-huh. actually. Well, that's the name of the uh, the city in North Carolina. Bull Durham. I, Durham. Durham, I, North Carolina.
2: But why is the word ham in there? Well, it's a silent vowel. So I don't know. I why show. do you have an
0: extra T in your name? I don't know.
2: That's just the way my mommy made it. I okay. don't know. Okay,
0: that's uh, just the way they, they, <laughs> they spelled the name of the town. I don't know.
2: Also, uh, another good quote was, announce my presence with authority. Mm-hmm. That got a couple snaps in there. I was like, <laughs> all right, let's go. Um, Another good one was when it was Nuke and the Kevin Costner character. Chase, they were going back and forth. Um, Chase told Nuke to throw a fastball. Mm -hmm. Nuke said, "Uh -uh." Mm uh-uh, whatever. Chase told the batter. The batter got a home run. Yeah, Lesson learned. Yes. And then... Chase's line was, man, that ball got out of here in a hurry. Anything that travels that far should have a stewardess on it. Oh, man. I was like, well. Kevin Costner,
0: 1988 comedy.
2: (laughs) 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 Lolz. Uh Uh-huh. And don't don't think it can hurt the ball club. That's what Chase said constantly to Nuke, the dumbhead pitcher. Uh Uh-huh. And I kind of made me wonder, like, imagine if that was the advice you gave me before every show. Yeah. Don't think... It can only hurt the show, Uh and I was like, "That's actually pretty swell." Maybe that's the method (laughs) that we can go with.
0: Maybe we should we should take a page from the Bull Durham book and go that route.
2: And one more quote that Uh I fell I nearly fell off of my chair watching when Annie, the Queen, yeah, you love Annie. Oh my God, her character! I feel
0: like you kind of relate to Annie a little bit.
2: Uh, College Jeanette definitely relates (laughs) to Annie.
0: From one aspect, sure. Okay, fine. Yes. So,
2: not that I was reliving my college life for Uh Annie, but it definitely made me a little nostalgic. Sure, sure. I will admit that part. Totally
0: understandable.
2: A guy will listen to anything if they think it's foreplay.
0: (laughs) That is a great line. I Uh really
2: fell off my chair. And you know what? This movie preaches truth she's right, <laughs> exactly. She's right. She's exactly right exactly so let's just go through the
0: plot the plot of the movie where it's young gun pitcher and old-time catcher and uh, a woman has caught both their eyes and they're 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 competing for her all while they're in different stages of their lives the plot for Jeanette you feel what about that
2: it was more about Annie. Mm-hmm. I felt the plot was more about Annie and her decisions and her like the race between these two guys. And
0: you thought the sports and the the love, the romance, it how did it work together?
2: The so I liked it because the romance wasn't as cheesy as okay. the most typical rom coms okay. where it wasn't like oh now they're happily ever after. Uh-huh. I don't know. The ending was very unclear if Annie and Chase actually right. do end up happily which, ever
0: after, which I think is a good thing. I think yes. it, it, now now I will say and. You're about to give your plantain rating here, but this movie I feel like probably spoke to you more than um, uh, Raging Bull, more than Blindside, Mm -hmm. more than Hoosiers because there is a strong, not that Blindside didn't have it, but there is a strong female protagonist in this. As you keep saying, Annie was who you kept being drawn to. And you can argue that Susan Sarandon is the star of this movie Mm -hmm. instead of Kevin Costner. Yes. And I feel like you're more excited about this at this point of the review than you were the other three movies I just mentioned. Nailed it. All right. So, on a scale of one to five plantains, one being the most rotten, five being the ripest. What are you rating this film?
2: I'm giving this movie, Bull Durham, not Bull Durham.
0: Nope.
2: A four. Four, four plantains, plantains out of five.
0: Bull Durham, Jeanette Javier gives it her seal of approval. The highest rating she has given a sports movie so far. Yes. Four plantains. For Bull Durham. Now, have you given any thought to what's coming next week here with the Janet Javier sports movie spectacular?
2: No, I kind of want something from left field, going with the baseball. Oh, races. so you want
0: another baseball one? Maybe. Right. Well, let's go this route then. Have you seen a League of Their Own?
2: A League of Their Own is that the one with Madonna? Mm-hmm. Yes.
0: Oh, you've seen a League of Their Own. We can't do that then. We can't. We can't do one that she's actually. How about? Oh, The Natural.
2: Never heard of that. Robert one.
0: Redford, The Natural.
2: Never heard the of it. The natural that one. it is. What's
0: the Charlie Sheen movie where he's the picture? Major League. I haven't
2: Major seen it. Major League that.
0: Two. Major League Three. Oh gosh. <laughs> yeah. Oh what let's let's skip Let's skip Major League for now. Let's do the natural. We're looking for ones that maybe were up for for awards. Like, well done. Major League is a whole different ballgame. Don't
2: say that because Raging Bull won awards, too. (laughs) And that one was boring, Uh, and I never want to see it again. You
0: should probably, before JMP comes barging in here to confront you about your disrespect of Raging Bull, just shh, shh, (laughs) keep it down. Keep it down. People can hear us. All right, so four plantains, for Bull Durham next week, the natural. Will be the movie that's under the review of Jeanette Javier and her sports movie Spectacular. She's Jeanette Javier.
1: I'm Ken Levick, and We're here on ESPN 1063. Ken LaVica live on ESPN 1063. Here's Ken LaVica. From the Anajar and Levine Studios in downtown West Palm Beach, you are listening to Ken Lavicka Live on ESPN 106.3. Here's Ken Lavicka.
0: Wednesday here on ESPN 106.3. We got a lot still to come. Ken Lavicka, Jeanette Javier, have you until 2 o'clock. Well, let's go ahead and get started to a man we talked to earlier this week, Pierre Garçon, the John I. Leonard product. He played under Mike McDaniel in Washington at his best season ever with Mike McDaniel as The wide receivers coach went on to San Francisco with McDaniel and had a lot of thoughts, a lot of insight into Mike McDaniel, new Dolphins head coach earlier this week. It is the EDS air conditioning coolest moment of the week.
1: Time now for the coolest moment of the week. Cool. Cool,
2: yeah. The coolest moment of the week is brought to you by EDS Air Conditioning.
0: All right, since uh, I am just a, a, a dope, I wanted to bring in an authority on this topic here. Mike McDaniel, new uh, Miami Dolphins head coach and a man who contributes regularly uh, to this show is Pierre Garçon, uh, former Washington commander also former san francisco 49er indianapolis called in the pride of john i leonard high school uh pierre garçon joins us here on ken levick Live. before we get to mike mcdaniel your thoughts on the washington commanders is what
3: Oh, man, you know, I enjoy it. I like it. You know, obviously the thing that's going to make it more comfortable is getting the W's, the victories in that win column. That's that's what's going to, you know, make the name memorable and a good decision.
0: Yeah, I'm with you. I like it. And I like that uh, that gray uniform as well. I can, uh, I can get behind that a little bit. Um, uh, Mike McDaniel, okay. new head coach of the Miami Dolphins. He was your wide receivers coach in your finest year when you led the NFL in receptions 2013. Uh, You were in San Francisco when he was there as the running game coordinator turned offensive coordinator. I guess let's start here because I think football fans, at least a pocket of them, are having a hard time believing that a guy who looks like that can stand in front of a locker room and command respect. The first time you met Mike McDaniel,
3: what was that like? I was cool. Um, you know, like you said, he's not the most physically statured person, but, you know, he's a great person. He's a great, you know, communicator. He's a very, very smart guy. And he loves football, which everybody in that locker room does because, you know, we're all doing it for a reasons, You know, the most reason is love. And he definitely has that love of the game, and he can communicate it to the players. What
0: kind of coach is he? What is he like when he's in football mode and you're going over game plans and what worked so well that season, where you led the NFL in receptions? What what sort of things is he able to do that has gotten him to this point?
3: Um, just understanding the game, communicating the game, and coming up with ideas to be successful. You know, he gets excited about you know designing plays to help us be successful as players, as receiver, and I saw it firsthand where you know he's excited about where I'm lining up, the motions that I'm going into, and then to play. Um, you know, that's being called and how it's going to play out. He sees that he envisions it and he has that visual in his mind and communicating it is the most important thing that he does well. And he's very good at it, but he's definitely excited about, you know, how he can attack defenses. That's, you know, that's the most, you know, appealing thing to him because he just gets, you know, it's all in his blood where he, he knows this is going to work. When it it comes
0: to sitting in the receiver's room in your case or with him, uh, with now an entire locker room in front of him, how does he handle himself around players? Uh, How long did it take you to to warm up a bit to to Mike McDaniel?
3: Uh, Well, I came in, you know, I was already, you know, happy just to have a receiver coach that can talk to me. So (laughs) the players... But yeah, the players are going to, you know, obviously have doubts at first because it's it's any position that you're in. When you're a leader, people are yeah. going to have doubts and so you show your your value your worth. And he does that by putting us in position to be successful. And you can see the vision that he has. And when you buy into that vision, you know, it's easy to follow the guy because he he's excited. He wants to be successful and he sees it. So it's definitely important. For, for for the players to understand where he's coming from instead of how he looks or, you know, the fans as well.
0: Now, I'm a huge fan of this, and we're talking with uh, Pierre Garçon here on Ken Levick Alive, played under Mike McDaniel Washington and San Francisco. <laughs> I watched uh, several videos, in fact, of him explaining the buy-in that he wants receivers to have blocking in the run game. We know in San Francisco they oh, yeah. wanted to run and run and oh, run yeah. and run, and uh, he said that the reason we're successful is because the wide receivers want to block. It's not glamorous, but there needs to be a buy-in for you. Uh, how long did it take you to buy-in in the concepts of of Shanahan and McDaniel from that standpoint?
3: Oh uh, no, that's a great point because he always Mike, Mc, Mike McDaniel and Cole, Kyle Shanahan and Mike Shanahan. All those guys believe in the receivers setting the tone for the game. You know, if the receiver's blocking for the running back to get extra ten yards. That helps us move down the field, and we depend on the running back to block for us on play action play passes and, and you know longer developing plays, so that we can get those bigger yards. So he's a big fan of you know the receivers setting the tone of the game from running plays, blocking, as well as making those big plays that you're supposed to make in you know, those tough catches. But I. I bought into it because I enjoy, you know, getting those deeper plays, which take longer time to develop so that the running backs can block. Us. So we remind the running back, hey, on running plays, we're going to block for you because we want you to get yards. But on these longer developing plays, you need to block for us so that we can get those bigger yards. So it's like, you know, you, you put in a little bit so you can get a lot more in the long term. So we enjoy blocking for the receiver for the running backs, and that's the chance we get to abuse the defenders. So it was a win-win situation for me. I've heard a little bit of this pushback.
0: Well, he didn't call the plays in San Francisco. Uh, In in that, I mean, obviously we know it was Kyle Shanahan. Um, When it comes to a, a coach, an offensive coordinator who doesn't call the plays, how much is he involved, though, in play design, in being the architect of sequences and offensive plays?
3: Oh, well, a lot of that goes throughout the week where a lot of the planning, hey, this is the situation that we might be in. This is the cause that we like. And ultimately on game day, you know, it's obviously up to the play caller, which majority of the time is Cal and Ever since I've known him, he's always called to play. Um, you know, obviously he gives, you know, other guys, you know, reasons, um, not reasons, but input to, to decide on a play. But he ultimately makes the final decision. But throughout the week, you know, those guys are all bouncing ideas back and forth with each other on different situations and scenarios. And they implement new plays early on in the week to see how it will look on game day. So on game day, obviously, the the final guy makes the final decision. But throughout the week, those guys all have a hand into the play calling and, you know, what, what, what situation that they're in and how they overcome it.
0: Did you ever get the sense that Mike McDaniel could become an NFL head coach?
3: Oh yeah, definitely, definitely, because because uh, of the knowledge of the game that he has, he's a uh, he's a student of the game, and he communicates it very well to the players and to you know to staff.
0: Now I know I know that you give me a hard time about my passion for <laughs> Chua, okay. So, uh, bringing in Mike McDaniel, who uh, obviously has his hands full, because that is an offense that does not have a good line. There's really no semblance of a dependable running back. And, of course, uh, you're trying to figure out the anomaly that is Tua. Uh, is, is, how is he suited for a job like that, where maybe he doesn't necessarily have the most pieces to work with? He's not inheriting a great offensive bunch.
3: Yeah, he's not hearing in a great offensive bunch, but he has great receivers. Wolf Waddle and um, I don't know if um, Devontae Parker. uh, Parker, I don't know if his contract is up or not. But having great receivers help a quarterback. Obviously, Tua. You know, my thing about Tua is his his arm strength, which we all would want him to get stronger to throw passes longer than five yards. So, Thank you. But you know, Tool, Tool would just have to learn. He'll just have to uh, follow the system that Cal, that Cal with Mike Shannon and Mike McDaniel, puts in front of him because it's it's gonna be offensive friendly. It, it just has to you know click, which is not easy for every individual. Sometimes it might click faster for a receiver than it does for a quarterback. But it just he just have to learn the game. Well, he has to learn Mike McDaniel's game, and then you know, obviously. You know, excel in it because he's going to have receivers that's going to help him, and those are his outlets,
0: his safety net. Uh, Mike, McDaniel, how is he when it's time to get locked in? Can he get can he get players locked in and, and, and ready to go? Because you see his press conferences, and he's kind of kooky, and he's mm-hmm. obviously fun. Uh, the The word nerdy has been uh, uh, used to describe his mannerisms and, and and his look. And I'm just I'm I'm just putting this stuff out there and what I've seen on social media. Uh, can he
3: get can he get guys locked in and ready to go? Yeah. yeah, I think he can get guys locked in and ready to go because of the the game plan that he puts in. You know, he's he's all about, you know, scoring. That's that's what we're all about. You know, if we score, we have a chance to win. If we can't score then, you know, things will look sideways. But I think he get guys going, especially his quarterback and especially the receivers. The receivers that's what they live and die by is the receivers send a tone for the offense or sending tone for the day.
0: Uh, I do want to ask you, too, because I know you're headed out to L.A. for the, uh, the Super Bowl. What does Pierre Garçon do uh, during Super Bowl week? <laughs>
3: uh, there's a lot of networking events, a lot of golf outings, a lot of um, catching up with old friends, you know, meet with NFL, meet with NFLPA, um, Radio Rome, do a lot of media stuff, and just you know, enjoy being out there. I know L.A. is excited because they have a home team playing in the Super Bowl, so it's going to be a, a great, fun, festive weekend.
0: Uh, have fun out there, and I do want to make sure that I, I, I put out there that your uh, your Speed Aid socks, your compression socks, uh, I wore them throughout my marathon training. I got my sub four yesterday, and I avoided any really lingering injuries, I think largely because of them, because my feet were usually a problem in past races I've done. So I appreciate you and, uh, and uh, your Speed Aid socks and you taking care of me.
3: I appreciate it. I appreciate the testimony, man. I really, really do. And that keeps me going, man. I really appreciate it. Trying to get the word out.
0: Yeah, no, we'll keep doing that. Pierre, thank you for telling us a bit about Mike McDaniel. Have fun in L.A., and uh, we'll catch up when you get back,
3: okay? Thank you, man. I really appreciate it a lot.
0: That's the EDS air conditioning coolest moment of the week. Hey, It's getting warm again. We had the snap of a finger cold spell, and I told you, I told you uh, about a week and a half ago, this is your chance to get a hold of EDS because EDS is yes. And while it was cool, while you didn't have to use the air conditioning, the rare moment in the course of any calendar year to get your AC checked, if it needed to be replaced, get that done, maintenance, get that done. And so now here we are. You're needing to use your AC again. It's going to get laborious. It is now going to be full go through this this entire year through December. So now... The pressure is on, and you've got to get that AC worked out. You do not want to be staying in a hotel. That is no way to live your life when your AC goes out. I know because I've been there, and that's why EDS is where you have to go to. EDS is, yes, EDS Air Conditioning, they're a train comfort specialist, hard to stop a train. What does that mean, Ken? That means they're using the best equipment. That means they're using the longest-lasting equipment. They've been doing it since 2006. They're family-owned and operated. They know the area. They know what you need. They handle your plumbing needs as well. They're versatile. And, and they're respectful and they're courteous. Why? Because they're trying to work their schedule around yours. Name me another AC company that does that. Trying to make sure you're not held hostage. That's EDS Air Conditioning. EDS is yes. EDS Air Conditioning. EDSAirConditioning.com. Get that appointment set. EDSAirConditioning.com.